Hello everybody, welcome to this episode of Talking Tendons. Um, I'm going to try and fit in a couple of sneaky episodes uh, before the end of the year, um, mainly because there's lots of really good um, studies that have come out, and including the two that I'm going to be talking about, well, the, first, the, the one that I'm going to be talking about today. Um, also wanted to let people know that uh, the tendinopathy course, Mastering Lower Limb Tendinopathy, will be updated. So if you're after a challenge, a new challenge um, for 2021, have a look at the new update, which will be on sale during December sometime. All right, so in this um, episode, I'm going to talk about a paper by Stefan Breda, and he's the first author. The last author is Robert Jan DeVos, who is a superstar of Achilles tendinopathy and, well, tendinopathy research. There's also Johans, or Hans, as we know him, Zwerber. He is also an author on the paper. Um, The team is from the Netherlands. And um, as I say, they do fantastic work in tendinopathy. And this one's on patellar tendinopathy. And Stefan Breeder, the lead author, um, has undertaken a trial effectiveness of progressive tendon loading exercise therapy in patients with patellar tendinopathy, a randomized controlled trial. So I, I really like the way they've written this paper. It's, it's a real pleasure to read because they get straight to the point and um, convey the science very very well Uh, you will see that um, I was surprised to see that they've taken our um, expert opinion piece from 2015 that was published in the Journal of Orthopedics and Sports Physical Therapy Um, that was uh, me um, uh, Craig Purdom and uh, Ebony Rio and Jill Cook on that one and we basically talked about uh, you know theoretical approach to rehabilitation of these patella tendon patients and um, they've taken that and um, it's a really great idea they've, they've then compared it to what is the accepted I guess you could say inverted commas gold standard which is eccentric training for patella tendinopathy decline board type training and they've compared the two. And I think it's a great idea because no one has done that before. It's it's sort of, I guess it's, you know, put your money where your mouth is type thing for us in inverted commas again experts because we, um, they're sort of asking the question, is this program any better than just, um, uh, than just uh, the eccentric program that is out there um, already? These experts are recommending this program, but is it actually any better? Um, so as I say, it's a randomized control. It's a randomized trial, so comparing one exercise to to another. Um, it is um, um, so there's no control group or wait and see. It's just a one exercise versus the other, which is really common in the tendinopathy literature. So it's probably similar to the Kongsgaard study, most similar to that study, because that study looked at eccentric training versus the heavy slow resistance. Um, uh, in this 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 case, they look at our proposed uh, program. Now, in our proposed program, just to remind the readers, it's a four-stage program. So initially, isometrics um, on a leg press machine or in a wall squat, uh, then going to some weights like leg press and uh, lunging, loaded lunging type exercises. And then um, the third stage is energy storage, so um, jumping, uh, exercises and then lastly some sport specific exercise and remember with patel tendon you're going to have mainly 
active athletes, jumping athletes, running athletes, sprinting athletes. So, um, so that's basically that was the that was the program. Importantly, they progressed everything based on pain. So, as soon as someone could do stage one with relatively good pain for a week or minimal pain for a week, they then progressed to stage two and then three and then four. So. The soonest you could go back to sport was four weeks if they were going really, really well and uh, could do get through all their jumping and everything else with um, minimal um, provocation, minimal symptoms. So, you know, it's a it's a it's a decent approach. It's a good sort of approach that is recommended. Um, I would probably say so because I was the lead author on the paper that it comes from, but. Um, Putting that aside, they tested it, which is really what you should be doing. Um, and that is, you know, does it, is it actually better than the recommended? So, um, so they've tested it and they've taken a number of outcomes. And they've, I guess the important part is they've looked at 12 weeks and then 24 week outcomes. So up to six months. Um, so read the paper, which I'll link to the episode, but, um, I'm going to give you the summary of what they found. They found that, um, um, well, first of all, they did a rigorous uh, recruitment process where they excluded lots of people that didn't have severe enough pain or were the wrong ages. Um, So the age range was 18 to 35. Uh, They excluded people who um, um, uh, didn't do... uh, basically um, who had had knee surgery, um, who had other types diagnoses like anterior knee pain, patellofemoral pain, um, and, and pain that wasn't localized to their patella tendon, inferior pole of the patella tendon, so of the patella. So um, they ended up getting about 38 people randomized per group, so 76 in total, and they had pretty good retention, although there was a bit more of a problem with uh, people dropping out in the eccentric group, okay? Um, so, jumping to the main findings, they the main outcome was visa, and they were powered for that outcome. Um, I'm pretty sure they were powered for the visa P outcome, so it's a pain and function outcome. And they did find that uh, there was um, an effect at 24 weeks favouring um, and it's nicely illustrated in the graph that they have in their paper. Um, and I believe that is figure four. At six months, 24 weeks, there was an effect favoring the progressive loading group, the four-stage uh, proposed program, as, as opposed to the centric training group. So there was an effect um, favoring that group. Uh, the effect is not huge. It's um, pretty modest, and uh, you'd probably say that it was not all clinically important. Uh, The clinically important um, change is about 13 points. um, Well, sorry, the meaning, yeah, meaningful change is 13 points here. Here, the between group changes were between the confidence intervals one to 16 points. So you'd say probably at you know, a, a modest change. Maybe it's not clinically meaningful, but it, it was statistically significant. Um, so that was the primary outcome. Then they looked at uh, a whole host of other outcomes. Um, 
and um, uh, I'm going to give you a bit of a summary of these. Uh, the main ones were the dichotomous outcomes, which are looking at return to sport. Uh, in the progressive group, so the intervention group, 21% return to sport at 12 weeks, and um, 7%. Um, sorry, and uh, that was compared to yes, yeah, 7%. Um, so a third in the um, uh, in the eccentric group, but it wasn't sig significantly different those proportions. And then at um, uh, six months, it was 43% in the progressive exercise group and 27% in the eccentric group. And again, it wasn't significantly different. And that's probably because the power um, they were powered for a continuous outcome, which is which has more power than a dichotomous outcome. So. It probably would have been if they had powered for that outcome. I would, I would suspect. Um, so that was the findings. The adherence was pretty low. It was, it was around about, um, which I thought was very interesting. The adherence was around about forty percent, um, and I can't remember exactly how they measured it, but that's pretty low but probably realistic i would say most studies report 80 percent adherence but you can't really trust them you don't know how they've measured it the, the, the more closely they measure it i.e the more regularly the more likely it is to be accurate and not influenced by recall bias so um i can't remember exactly how they measured it but it was pretty low and similar across both groups so in summary, they have provided some evidence that the progressive exercise program that is recommended by experts is uh, more beneficial than eccentric training, but it's questionable whether it's clinically important, that difference. Um, and I think if you look at figure five, you can see the individual data for change in visa. <clears throat> and there is lots of overlap, although some, um, you know, improvement for... Um, you know some some overall you know better effects you would say for the um intervention group but it's not you know really that convincing at all um uh, so it's interesting it's an interesting study um it does provide some evidence uh, i would probably like to see it being replicated with um a, a slightly larger sample to see if we can replicate the findings for the continuous outcomes and also find significance for the dichotomous outcomes return to sport. Another interesting point that the authors raise in this is that a lot of people didn't actually return to sport. So if you look at return to sport at six months, it's only 43% even in the intervention group and 27% in the other group. So this sort of is not surprising at all um, if you see a lot of patellar tendon patients because a lot of people take far longer than six months to get better. Um, and uh, that's not surprising, and I don't think that's a, you know issue with the program. More so, just the uh, length of time it takes to get some this type of injury better. They do talk about maybe increased adherence, getting that adherence up to 60, 70 percent probably would make a difference, but we don't know that for sure. Uh, so it's interesting. I liked it because it is probably one of the only studies that shows that I can think of looking at comparing exercise in the patella tendon space that um, does one of the higher quality studies anyway that does show a difference between the exercise interventions. Um, so uh, there is, you know, I, I think it's encouraging, even though it's not clinically meaningful. 
I do think uh, there's, there's a further work to be done in exploring whether an intervention like the progressive loading, the four-stage intervention can be beneficial or um, preferred. The mechanisms aren't clear compared to eccentric training, but we know eccentric training is um, you know, pretty arduous uh, daily sort of intervention, um, um, not as easy to progress load as it is with something like um, the alternative uh, that they use. So, um, yeah, I think I'll leave it at that. There's lots of interesting points. So, again, um, really good work by these authors and an interesting paper to read. Um, I will make sure that I link the um, paper uh, to this um, uh, Talking Tendons podcast. Um, so thank you very much for listening. Um, and again, look out for that paper by Stephane Breda, and it was published in British Journal of Sports Medicine. Thanks very much. See you next time.